Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place for free. Record from anywhere, unlimited free hosting, one-click distribution, podcast with friends, family, and all at one axis of a click. Happiness keeps you sweet, trials keep you strong, sorrows keep you human, failures keep you humble, success keeps you glowing, but only faith keeps you going. Welcome to the Vax Box, where we be happy, live simple, get vaxxed, and live longer. Wagwan people, we're on episode 3. I know, right? Time is literally going. And I know we've covered on episode 2, we had our field worker come in and she shared her experience. I know, it was quite of a story, I believe. So we have with us Mr. Andre Eddie Williams, a native Jamaican who has survived the pandemic living in New York. So Andre, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm Andre A.D. Williams, a very simple young man, man of God, a entrepreneur who sells skincare, Dre's Body Delish, and I'm a caterer, private chef. You can find me at Dre's Delish Official on Instagram. I'm from New York, originally from Jamaica. Yadi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned a whole lot of things like your portfolio line from yesterday to I was going to use a, a term here and there, but it's fine. Yeah, I can't use all my things. Yes, yeah, so I just use the shortest ones. No, my friend, you feel you feel you feel list yourself in you must, you must make them know you do man. Make them know you. Make Still them up. know you. I'm a teacher by profession as well. Come on, come on now. <laughs> now we're talking. Come on, yeah. I am a certified one of the most certified customer service representative or customer experience representative in Jamaica with a distinction. Um, it's there's a it's too much, so I just stick with the minimum. <laughs> <laughs> listen, <laughs> I, listen, I, I, I don't blame you. It's alright. It's it's alright. I know yeah. people believe me when I tell you the list. It's it long. It really long. <laughs> but yeah, Zandra, tell me, what is it like living in New York? Being a Jamaican, how that feel for you? How long did that take you to, to to get adjusted, and what did that do for you? Um, the adjustment wasn't that bad because I was around Jamaicans. The the attitude, the mindset was what needed to be adjusted because being in New York is high pace, it's high energy. When in Jamaica, it's just yeah, good morning. When here is hey, it's it's more upbeat, it's more fast. So that took a bit of adjustment. But other than that, I adjusted easily. I know how to adjust in any condition or environment okay i i I can understand with that and i can see with that because i know for me when i started or when i came here i probably took longer than most people would to adjust to the environment it took me about three years to finally accept that hey i live here now this is not jamaica and this is what this is so um yeah it took me three years literally three years well i had already planned on coming here so my mind was already I've been grooming my mind for years. So I've been practicing, I've been watching, I've been observing, I've been taking notes. So coming in here, dropping in it is like, whoops, 
easy. Makes sense. Completely understand. Yeah. That makes sense. If you've if you've been listening, you'd figure by now who this is because I did make mention in the previews that who our guest is and what we're going to talk about. But in case you never listen, I'm just going to give you a little refresher. So this is the Vax Box, and here we talk about pretty much all things COVID. But we we try to be safe, live happy, get vaccinated to live and tell a tale a day longer. So Andre, you encountered this monster i'm gonna call it a monster because it has changed a whole lot of us lives initially when you first heard about covid in and of itself what were your thoughts prior to being what, told hey you have covid what were my thoughts i was like okay let me see how fast this is going to spread is it really going to come to the u.s that was the first thing how fast is it going to spread is it really going to come to the u.s and if it does are we able to manage it that was my concern then i started to think how will i manage if i get covid Hmm. those were my 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 main thing yeah so you it's interesting that you said how you're gonna manage if you get covid and in the long run it turns out you had covid yeah what what were some of the walkers through your mind what were you feeling because you were the one who said you you said that oh hey you don't know how you'd manage if you had covid i know you have you found out you have it so what was going through your mind when i had it Mm -hmm. what was going through my mind yes when all right let me take you back to the contracting covid i remember exactly how it happened i went on a train that was extremely packed and we were all not all of us were masked but i was masked and i still caught the virus and i knew instantly that okay i've contracted the virus so i reached out to those who need to be reached out so contact tracing i did all of that got home started the quarantine instantly then when everything i i've never had the flu so i didn't know what the symptoms of flu was or what's supposed to be so i thought all right if it's not covid because i didn't have the loss of taste or the loss of smell or anything like that I started having like the common cold at first. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe this is a flu. So yeah, um, maybe this is a flu. So I started taking like Theraflu, NyQuil and all of that because I didn't know. Then I started having the chills and the hot flashes. <laughs> and um, then I had the loss of smell and the loss of taste, which is mm-hmm. extremely horrible. Because if anybody know me, I'm a foodie. Right. And I, uh, if, 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 I can taste then in a minute sense and I love fried planting so I'm afraid of planting I'm literally can't taste it I can't smell it I don't know anything because with those things gone like life no really matter <laughs> to me right, like, right I can't eat so it's then the loss of appetite came in and it's the diarrhea it was it was it was really horrible so the point where i i started feeling a bit better and i'm like i'm gonna cook today i can't taste but i'm gonna cook so i know i'm gonna cook my rice and peas and my salmon and i was getting ready to eat and i sat down around the table to eat and then i just had shortness of breath and yeah had to be taken to the hospital and they did the whole extravaganza da 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 yeah <sighs> yeah <laughs> wow memories wow wow so you go from all of that just like zero to a hundred real quick zero to a hundred real quick and the thing about it that i when i was going to the hospital i was pre- i prepared myself to die literally i said my goodbyes i said li- i literally said my goodbyes to everybody because i have known persons who had gone in or 
their family members who have gone into the hospitals and never made it out. I've had persons, I've had friends in the emergency room calling me crying like, hey, I'm telling you my goodbyes now because like everybody around me is dying. My mother is a nurse, so she works in the hospital and she's telling us about the amount of persons they're taking down to the morgue daily. It was like a nightmare in New York. Literally, it was a silence and the only noise you would hear were the sirens. And anytime you hear a siren, you know that somebody's dying. So that itself was depression for us. And then me going into the hospital was like, yeah. But the good thing about this is that when I was going to the hospital, my doctor told me not to go to the emergency room. He's like, mm. come to the hospital and I'll have somebody see you. Because once you go to the emergency room, you're bound to die. That's what he said. Wow. So that was the, the great thing. So, yeah. And thank God for prayer because I reached out to a lot of people and they started praying and God works. So you said the doctor told you not to go to the emergency room because once you go to the emergency room, you're bound to die. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> because one uh, let me tell you yeah, why yeah, yeah yeah remember there was a shortage of beds uh-huh. if you know new york um hospitals is a shortage of bed per capita per hospital a lot of people don't know that but there's a shortage of beds there were a shortage of beds that's before then covid were, before covid and oh. and during covid actually it's after then everything started so yeah to pop up and then there were not enough um oxygen mask and and stations right. there were way too much people in the emergency rooms and for those who had to be intubated there were not enough machines so if i had gone to the emergency room how many nurses would have been there or doctors to look after me when they're attending to like they, they have an we call it an, an overcrowded uh-huh. emergency room uh-huh where they're just waiting for people to die to move them. That was what's basically happening. Remember, I caught this when New York was like the hot spot. I right. had COVID. So it was it was it was a mess. So it's like don't go to the emergency room. We'll sort you out from there. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, I can't know that you mentioned that I can't help but think that because I I, I have family member well a family member who passed from this and i was like wait so this is probably what was happening even though they weren't in new york they were in i think new jersey or something like that one of them states no that's kind of putting things into perspective for me because when it happened initially i thought to myself i was like wait i never thought this would hit home this close to home and i mean though we weren't living close like in close proximity you know Mm -hmm. as a family member so it's going to still hit so much you know yeah so hearing all of that you telling me this now putting things is kind of putting things into perspective for me why wow so yeah were you i know you mentioned that you knew you you caught the virus but were you afraid to even just just to go get the test at all no for me i am i am what I would, I, I'm not sure the correct term, but I'm doctor crazy. Anything to go to the doctor, I'm excited to go to the doctor to find out. So there's a new test. Okay, what's new? I started to do my own research. What's new test about? How am I going to get it done? And all of that. I like add videos of getting the test done, sending it to everybody. This was like this, when they use the long swab, push it all mm-hmm. the way back, like then push it to your brain. Mm-hmm. I've been doing COVID <laughs> tests. <laughs> Since that one came out, like the worst one, yeah, I've been doing it since it first came out and I could get it out. So I wasn't really panicking or anything. I love getting tests done. But going to get a test done, I mean, I guess because you already prepared your mind for it. So like, yeah, maybe.
this and we just go go just for um confirm that this is what it is yeah it was it was it was like really nothing to me basically okay. it was like okay i know i have it so yeah all right so this is how did this affect your mental state though um going to the hospital i like i i prepared to i was as i told you before i had mm-hmm. prepared to die because men know everybody was dead like church members are dying friends are dying friends families are dying so i'm like my god dead so i'm gonna tell everybody my goodbye i didn't tell like my family because they're panic they're panickers mm-hmm. so i say somebody's going to the hospital they start to panic and they start to worry so i told my mother <laughs> my cousin and i left this at that and i called people to pray for me and like hey and i told a few of my clients as well mm-hmm. and they were like what the hell is happening and they were going off i'm like just relax if i die i die and i kept it moving but my mental depleted like i was i i i, I can't describe it <laughs> to be honest no matter how much therapy sessions i've gone since mm-hmm. it was like a blank phase like preparing to die like this is it my done with life basically it this is where it ends and that was it i could it was just like a blank phase i became depressed and stressed and when i made it out i was like okay thank god but it still lingers like when the doctor said to me if you had gone to the when i saw the doctor and they gave me the oxygen and all of that and she said to me if you had gone to the emergency room you could have been another statistic like that hit home like you could have been dead you were basically one step away from being dead and i'm like wow like this again like <laughs> it, it, it's i don't know how to describe it it's very heavy to describe but mm-hmm. um it's it's sad it's really sad Mercy. Yeah. I, I, you're seeing all of this and i'm just picturing just imagining how that would be because boy i no you know let, let's keep pushing um <laughs> Since, since COVID, how has life changed for you? Um, it's how has life changed? Work-wise, let me start with that. Work has changed drastically. Like persons are leaving my clients are leaving New York. Um, there are no events, so I really can't do that much catering <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, everything is online, which is futuristic, and I do get it, and we have to adjust to the times. I get that. Mm-hmm. Personally, um, it's 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 a bit challenging because well, we're all learning through this process how to adjust and how to move forward. So life now is just we're just going with the wind. We're we're going with the wind, and I I think I'm adjusting pretty well right now. Before I wasn't adjusting well with the whole Black Lives Matter and COVID thing because that also played a part in it as well. That added to depression, PTSD, the whole nine yards so yeah so you mentioned depression you mentioned ptsd but i know you mentioned earlier that you got counseling or you found therapy you've been using therapy yeah i did therapy yeah paint a picture here what was your first therapy session since the whole covid thing like my first therapy session was just about decompressing the mm-hmm. whole death experience of covid and how i'm feeling that was just basically what it was a decompression <laughs> just to let out my feelings that's all it was i just had to decompress and just talk about it with the whole it get it, it got worse because i was getting over it and then we started doing the whole black lives matter protesting and all of that and then when i saw the rates of how many blacks were dying mm-hmm. from covid that kind of 
it kind of hit home again, like you almost died from COVID and there are so many other persons who are dying who didn't have the opportunity to have a doctor to say, don't go to the ER, come to the private practice. Like those are the simple things because of health insurance and stuff like that. Like those simple things kind of take a toll on me. Like what can you do or what is it that the government is doing? What is it that the community is doing to prevent this? Mm-hmm. So those kind of things start to pick my mind, the questions, the unanswered questions, and why is it that we're not doing more as Black people, or why is it that Black people isn't getting the help that they required? All right. It's interesting that you mentioned the whole government aspect of this. You were in New York. What were government officials doing in this regard for the whole COVID thing? First of all, when this entire thing started, I think they had limited, like, for or, say transportation-wise, Mm-hmm. Transportation was limited. It was extremely limited. Hence, that's how I caught COVID. Because I was waiting on trains. I waited on, this was my third train that I got on, and the trains were extremely packed because there were not enough transportation on the subways, the buses, and all of that. It was poor. They learned from that. I can tell you that. But now it's back to norm. It's back to the crap because the trains are now packed like a sardine, not even a sardine tin, like a corned beef tin. That's how packed the trains are now. Health wise i think they could have well to be honest i don't think they could have done anything better based on this new virus that they had no idea about mm-hmm. they tried to me in my opinion they tried their best at doing everything possible to stop the spread in new york like there were measures taken like there were curfews there were um how you could go to the supermarkets with alphabetically and the hours that the supermarket would open um the servicing of the elderly first and your doctor visits were done online and there were stuff like that that were implemented very quickly and i i think that was really good for new york the Mm -hmm. mask wearing was a very big thing here I think it was bigger than any other state for us to wear masks. So I think them implementing that as quickly as possible was good. And I I, I appreciated that very much because they were like, hey, you have to wear your mask. They were the first like, wear your mask. So the mask helped the reduction of the spread and the social distancing was a very good thing as well. Like everywhere you go, you'd have to social distance. Like you'd have police officers or officers around to say, hey, six feet apart and that whole thing. It was, I think they did a good job. Where communities are concerned though, I, that's always been my issue, how the black and people of color communities are, where they live. Well, New York, you live on top of each other, basically, because they're apartment complexes, buildings, and stuff like that. The houses are not separated that much. Mm-hmm. So that has always been my issue. Where these communities are, there's not enough healthcare facilities there to service people. They're like public hospitals and stuff like that. So I'm not sure they all have health insurance or the current insurance, because, you know, insurance scheme in America is it varies right um so when they when this is all happening and they had to get the testing remember testing was limited as well so when you'd watch the news and you see these people in the snow like 500 people waiting to get tested when they only have like 200 tests at the hospital for a day Mm -hmm. and the people are very not even six feet apart they're like two inches apart like you could actually contract the virus in the lines and stuff like that so those simple things was like community based wise i think they could have done way more i think they should have been prepared for any disaster for you to say you're the number one nation in the world mm-hmm. and where healthcare is concerned you are basically nothing that's disappointing mm. 
Yeah. How was information communicated to you guys? Like, say, COVID testing sites, um, statistics, if resources are available or when they were available, how was information communicated to you? Information was communicated through the mayor's office. So I'm not sure how I got on that list, <laughs> but I used to get emails. There were press conferences held daily, like probably hourly. I think it was every two hour or hourly. I'm not sure, but there were press conferences held daily on how we could access information information you could go on the website you could call there were actually community centers there were people who were actually giving away pamphlets like dropping up pamphlets at your home brochures mm -hmm. on how to get information all right so you could even you even got text messages as well right yes we did get text messages as well okay perfect so would you say then that your city official or your state official maximized their communication resources yes i think so okay all right that's good to hear very much good to hear fast forward to today i'm going to fast forward and then go back a little bit what is the state of new york like with the whole covid situation and the variant that's spreading what is it like now in new york well i'm not sure what the delta variant is like now in new york because mm -hmm. i've stopped watching the news for mental health reasons However, I think transportation-wise, being that I caught the virus on a train, mm -hmm. the trains are really packed now, and, that's, and the buses are packed as well. That's a big issue for me. The trains are packed, like the railroad or the Amtrak, and those trains are so packed right now, to the point where you have people standing in the aisles. Normally, you don't stand in the aisles of those trains. The subways are packed. You have at least five or six persons holding on to the pole in the middle of the train where the doors are. Mm -hmm. the, the trains are really packed. You are mm -hmm. jam-packed, and that's mm -hmm. a big issue for me. So when I see those, those signs, I, like, step back. The other day, I made a post, like, Uber for a 30-minute ride. I'm not paying $63 because I'm not going to take a train <laughs> that's that packed. Because right. I'm like... Yes, I'm vaccinated, but I can still catch the Delta variant. Who, right. Who, who has the variant? You don't know. Because right. If you are vaccinated, you don't know if you are the variant or not because the symptoms don't show. So how do I know if you are the variant or not mask or maskless? I, I, I can't tell. So how do I know if you're vaccinated either because the mask thing is um a thing of the past i think i was in target yesterday and they announced oh um we are accepting customers whether you're in mask or maskless mm. walmart is the same thing like they are reducing the mask wearing and this virus is spreading like i'm not understanding i'm, I'm really not understanding i i, I don't know but didn't New York officials recently, like probably a week ago, announce that healthcare officials and everybody have to get, it's mandatory that they get vaccinated and things like that. So yeah, how but those do are the you... healthcare workers. <laughs> no, no. But that, yeah, but I'm saying, how do you say this is a must, but you make mask optional? I have no idea. It is ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed. I am really annoyed. Like you go in Walmart, like I'm going, heading to Walmart after we finish this and mm -hmm. trust me i can guarantee you that if the, the store is, is a it's a super walmart so i can guarantee you that 60 percent of the persons in there will be maskless mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. that's like putting yourself out there and say hey come and get me like when you're playing what is, Ron, is it rondongan leak yeah rondongan leak you see it's pretty much like that like i say hey yeah who can catch me 
that rough though these people are living yep. life dangerously legit dangerously so based on i'm um, now i'm gonna rewind a little bit based on your covid experience you should take a minute to evaluate what would you say was the worst moment for you the worst moment oh lord <laughs> um the worst moment for me would have been the the near-death experience and preparing myself to die i think that 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 was the worst moment for me and recovering from that as well mentally that took a toll it literally took a toll on me so that entire near-death experience Mm-hmm. For COVID, it took a toll on me. And then the fact that I, I'm a hugger. And when I can't hug people, it's like, what is this? <laughs> it it felt, really felt weird. Like, I love hugging people. And the fact that I can see people who I love and I cannot hug them, it... it I yeah, it, that <laughs> as well took a huge toll on my mental. Like, I love hugging people. I, mean, I can't hug nobody. Like, what is this? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned at your worst did. When did you see the light? Like, okay, I can actually come out of this and actually live a day longer to tell a tale. When did I see the light? Mm-hmm. I mean, after I got better, I was like, yay. But no, literally, when I got better, when I could actually taste again, mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me because I, to this day, I know persons who caught COVID before me and they still can't taste. <laughs> And you have I know people who still can't smell and have all my senses back. So I'm like, yes, I am there. So that's for one I'm grateful for. And the fact that after therapy and all of that, and my mind was decompressed because there were days I couldn't sleep. I Mm -hmm. I didn't sleep for like two weeks straight. So when I could get over that, and when I finally got over that, I was like, yeah, that was it. COVID made me gain like 40 pounds, Mercy. to be honest. When I had COVID, I was extremely slim. Like it made, it, ma- it, it, it makes you really slim. You're not eating, you're passing fluids constantly. Your stress, it literally causes your brain to stress and get depressed. It, it, it shuts down your entire body. Mm-hmm. So automatically you lose weight. Once everything comes back, you blow, you literally blow up like a blow fish. A poof. It doesn't blow. And then the after effects of COVID, because it, trust me, it damages your entire system. Your immune system get damaged. Your brain get damaged. Everything gets damaged. So your body is fighting to readjust. Like what is ha- what happened? And it's literally fighting to readjust. Like I had to do MRIs. I had to do brain scans. I had to do EGG. I had to do all those things because it was affecting the brain. It affected the lungs. To this day, I can't breathe 100 percent i'm like at 85 no because it damages it, remember remember i couldn't breathe at one point so right that's how i ended up going to the hospital because i couldn't breathe so my lungs are getting better i have to do exercise um long breathing exercises and all of that but yeah that was when i saw the light after the therapy and yeah i was like yes it's it, it's finally there oh, wow and you're still in and you're still recovering i'm still recovering wow so then COVID is literally not for the faint-hearted. It's definitely not for the faint-hearted. So that's when, when I hear persons talking about it, like these these brainless people, I, 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 I refer to them as, and they're speaking about <laughs> it's not real. And I'm like, you have no idea what, what I went through. For you to say this is not real, like what are you talking about? Like I almost died. Like it, every time they say it, I used to get triggered. I am no longer triggered. I just 
just walk away. Like, that means healing is taking place. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when whenever they used to say it, I used to get really triggered and angry. Like, you don't know what I just went through. It's talking about this is not real. Right. Until you reach death's door, then we can have a conversation. Mm. Yeah. Until you reach death's door. And I mean, you're fairly young. You're still fairly young. And for you to say, for you to have experienced basically going to death's door it's not how you imagined your your life is it never never in a if you had told me that i would have contracted covid then i i I used to be like i think we're all gonna catch this and we're gonna get through it because i was being very optimistic but after contracting the virus and Mm -hmm. going to death's door i wish this on no one i wish this on no one when the vaccine came out and they're like Oh, food workers can get their vaccine. I was the first in line. I wish this on no one. I wouldn't want anybody to experience this at all. If you can get vaccinated, if you can be safe, be safe. If you can social distance, social distance. I wouldn't want this for anybody. Mm. Not even my worst enemy. I wish this on. Wow. Wow. So if, and we're about to wrap up, but if you could say one or two things or suggest some techniques for the government officials to, to put in place. What are those two things and why would you suggest those two things? Well, in New York, I don't think I would suggest anything different. They are basically doing everything for you to get vaccinated, for you to be safe, except for the, 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 the mask thing that I was complaining about, the, the lifting of the, the wearing of masks. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing I would say, but they're doing everything possible for you to get vaccinated. Like their trucks, like those big, you know, those tour vans, mm-hmm. their tour, tour buses, they have those trucks in like, like down the road from me right now for people to get vaccinated. They have these vans, every, tour buses everywhere for you to get vaccinated. They're in targets. They're in ev- every, like every corner that I turn. There is a sign about COVID. There's notices about COVID. There's helpline. There is food. If you are there is every possible thing there for you to be informed and get help with COVID. There's financial aid for housing. There's everything there for you to get the help that you need. The only regret I have is that the mask and the social distancing seems to be a thing of the past. And I think we should continue with it. And not right. put it aside. Right, right. If you could give a word of caution to the public, what would you say? Tanayayad. <laughs> Basically, stay home. No, like I've been flying how many times? I think four times since the year. Mm-hmm. Two international, two domestic. If you can stay home, <laughs> stay home. Like I've been to South Beach. And you know tourists different than Floridians. Tourists have on masks, so we would be in our mask, <laughs> and everybody else is maskless. I'm like, why are you maskless? I don't get it. Like everybody in Florida, them no wear masks. They have no mask on, and I'm like, how is this possible? And then you have so many people dying from COVID. Right. If you can stay home as much as possible, stay home. If you have to travel, if you have to do what I do, then be safe on the planes. Now take off your mask. You don't know who have COVID. You'll never know who has who who, who has contracted the virus. So right. be as safe as possible. I know people who drive 
across states up to this day. They're like they're not taking a plane until they're safe. They're still driving. Just be safe. That's all I can say. Social distance as much as possible. If you're having events, let them get tested. It's easy. Testing is free. Let them get tested before they come to the event. That's it. Oh wow. You know what? The, 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 I second all of that. One million and three million, six million, <laughs> all of that. Because you know what? I experienced this and I saw this firsthand when I traveled the other day. So yeah, Andrew, thank you for taking the time. Thank you sure for thing. stopping by and sharing your knowledge as I myself have gained a new perspective of this whole COVID situation. And I mean, I'd probably charge everybody living in New York or everywhere else, wear your mask and play your party, you know? Wear your mask. Yes, wear your mask. Yeah. There you have it, <laughs> listeners. So remember, happiness keeps you sweet. Trials keep you strong. Sorrows keep you human. Failures keep you humble. Success keeps you glowing. But only faith keeps you going. As always, be happy, get vexed, and live longer to tell the tale. All right, bye-bye. <laughs>